Good to see you. Good to have you with us here in the room on campus and online. Great to have you with us as well as we're stepping into the second week on this series called Connected. And we're talking about something we don't usually talk about at church, and that's technology. And I know right off the bat, there's a chance I could lose some of you. You're like, oh, Rance, once again, not a techie person. That's not my thing. Uh, but odds are, if you are a techie person, you know a techie person, right? You know someone that's on the phone a lot. You know that, that child or that grandchild that has that, that iPad or that tablet or whatever it is. And as we talked about last week as well, we recognize that our world has drastically changed because technology. So, so even if you don't personally use technology a lot, it is affecting your life. It is impacting you in some way and the ones you love. And it's with that kind of lens that we're coming at this subject. And so last week we talked about how we're living in this world where there's always a ring or a, or a ding or a sound of some kind and there's always going off in our pocket or our purse or our pack. There's always these these constant kind of interruptions in this techie world we live in. We live in a world where it's really easy to be distracted all the time. So that becomes kind of our baseline, what we, what we experience on a regular basis. And we talked about also that, that this conversation isn't about being anti-tech, it's about being pro-wisdom. That's where we're coming at it, applying the wisdom in the Word of God to real-life kind of situations. We kind of recognize also in the conversation that, that we all kind of get the idea that technology is changing all the time. The question is, do we really recognize how much technology is changing us? And is that something that we, we look at and talk about? We also talked about really our big takeaway for, from last week, this, this idea that technology itself isn't good or evil, but it's how you use it that matters. How you use it that matters. And so today, among other things, I want to talk to you about powering off, about powering off, and, and really talk about taking the attention uh, away just from the devices in our life and really transferring them back to people, to the people that matter most in our lives. And because in, in talking about tech, it's not just a conversation about tech, really it's a, it's a conversation about relationships. It's at the heart. That's, that's what ultimately we want to focus on because we live in this time that is getting easier and easier to connect to thousands of people but harder and harder to connect with five or two or even one that's this kind of odd situation we find ourselves in our current culture and so we, we live in a different world I realized just thinking about that 20 years ago if you told people hey I've got a thousand followers it meant you led a cult I mean, that's what, that's what that used to mean, right? But, but now having a thousand followers without, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, we get social media is, is a big deal. So to, to kind of get the answer about how we can focus our lives on real uh, relationships in, in this kind of current world, we want to look back and we want to jump into the life of Jesus. And so we're going to take a look this morning at uh, one of the gospel accounts of Apostle, uh, the one of Apostle Mark. And this is a time where Jesus' ministry is in full swing. He's got no social media, but he's got thousands of followers. And there's a lot of activity going on. And they're in the region of Galilee. It's kind of like Jesus' home state. They're going from town to town. And it, we pick it up here in uh, verse 7, or verse 6, rather, I believe, of that chapter. Then Jesus went from village to village, teaching the people. This is what Jesus did for the last three years of his life. He had this ministry 
traveling from town to town, teaching, preaching, healing. It's what he did. And, and, it, and we know what he was saying because earlier on in Mark, Mark chapter 1, it says the time is fulfilled. This is what he would preach, that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That was the simple message that Jesus preached. But he's not doing this alone either. We see that he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. We see here that Jesus' disciples weren't just groupies. They weren't just followers. It's not like they were followers on Insta or TikTok or one of those deals. These are people that actually were engaged. They were students of Jesus. They would follow him. They'd learn from what he said. They'd watch what he would do. And that kind of really even gets to the, to the heart of what we talk about our mission is at, at New Life, is to, to know Jesus, follow Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. And so the interesting thing next, he gives them a little bit more instruction as he sends them out. He says, uh, take nothing on your journey except for a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. Now, that sounds like a great vacation, right? <laughs> Some of us are going on vacations this summer. That does not sound like a great time away. Why would Jesus do this? Why would he make a hard thing even harder? Because he wants to grow their faith. He wants to, to put them in a position where they have to trust in God in that moment. And so I just even for some of us uh, here, as, as we're getting into this this morning, you're struggling maybe. You're, you're not understanding why some of the things that are happening in, in your life right now are happening. You know, it might not have anything to do with what you're doing. It could have everything to do with the fact that God might be allowing you to go through what you're going through because he wants to increase your faith. And when you look at it that way, it can really radically change the way you come at your situation because we ha clearly have a God that, that has an intentional mindset on growing faith. So, disciples went out, telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. Sounds a lot like the exact same message that Jesus gave, right? This is the gospel message. And really, this is the same gospel that we preach today at our church and so many churches around the world. It's the simple truth of, of what's boiled down in John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world, so loved you and me, that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for sins, to be our sacrifice in our place, that those of us who believe in him and receive him into our lives and receive God's forgiveness have eternal life. That means eternal connection with God the Father, eternal uh, involvement and being in his presence in heaven for eternity. And so this is the same gospel that, that Jesus preached, the same gospel that we preach today. And it says here that, that they went out and then the apostles returned in verse 30 to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all that they had done and all that they had taught. And you might think at this point that, you know, God's given them great success. They've got so many great stories. You'd think that maybe Jesus would be like, hey, high five guys, fist bumps, great job. You know, let's get back out there. Let's keep the momentum going. Let's, let's keep moving forward on this. And yet he doesn't. He does something completely opposite in the next few verses, Mark records. Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He totally takes it the other way. He says, you know, we need to power down. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. So we see Jesus teaching his 
followers, not just to heal, not just to preach, not just to teach, but to rest. They were used to seeing Jesus go off by himself on a regular basis to spend time with God. And they, they were so moved by that. One time they said, Jesus, t teach us how to pray like you pray. But here Jesus is saying, no, come, come away. Come away with me. Let me show you how to do this. Let me show you how to get away and focus and rest, experience Sabbath and connect with God. You need this. Jesus knew that they would need this as much as anything else with what was coming. Amen. They were going to be they were going to be preaching to an increasingly hostile audience ahead and he knew that they needed to connect. As disciples of Jesus today, we need to be intentional about unplugging as well. And it's really hard when you've got all these devices always demanding your attention and they're always sitting out and they're always open and they're always making these sounds and, and buzzing. And so we need to, to be intentional about this if we want to unplug. And so in a world where these devices are everywhere, we have to be intentional to disconnect to connect. To disconnect to connect. Does that make sense? To choose specific times and locations to be consistently disconnecting from devices in order to connect more with family and faith and friends. You know, phones can easily pull us more into shallow relationships with more and more people. So the question is, when is the time that you disconnect to connect into the relationships that matter most in your life? You know, tech has created a lot of blurred lines in our lives, we, and we know that. We get the fact that, like, the blur between work life and home life has changed for a lot of folks in these last few years, but maybe we don't recognize that there's blurred lines even in friendship. It's it's like the, the difference between having like a thousand Facebook friends and you recognize that that's not, are they really friends? Are they? Or are they kind of more acquaintance level? Are they more friends, you know, fringe level relationships? And maybe that level of friendship is why you could have a thousand friends on Facebook, but you can't find anybody to help you move next weekend. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> you get it. You get it. And that's what we're facing. So when's the time we'll disconnect to connect with those who matter most? And parents, you know, might say, man, I wish my son, I wish my daughter would just be open. I wish they'd put down their phone. I wish that they would connect more relation. How do I do that? How do I, I break in on, on their world in some way? But folks, I'd say the best way that we can see our kids do that is to put down our phones, is to, for them to see, hey, you know what? Mom and dad is not on this 24-7. They're taking this time out. They're putting it away. They're looking me, at me in the eye. They're talking about my day. More is caught than taught. We get that. And so to, to, to model that is a, is a big deal. We have to begin to disconnect to connect and direct our energy to the relationships that matter most. And just so, once again, you know, I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody this morning. I do not have this down in my life. I, I'd say I've gotten better maybe over time with my, with my laptop and with my phone, but I, there's other screens. I like my shows, man. I, I like my movies. I like to watch the cards and the suns when they're winning. And, you know, I, I, I love that. I can't wait to, to, to watch those things. And yet, when I recognize when I put down my laptop and I put down my phone, I put down the remote, that I'm speaking to my wife and my daughter about how much they mean to me. 
I'm taking that time out. And it's not always a huge amount of time either that's needed, but to, to actually look and not be sitting alongside your spouse or your child looking at something else, but actually be turned looking at each other. That, that's priceless. That's, that can create more than you may know. And so we need to connect, to disconnect, to connect. So how do we do this? Well, then the handout that you got this morning coming in, and if you didn't get one, you can get one on the way out. It says connected, using technology in a God-honoring way. And you open it up, and you see the first page there is this word disconnect, disconnect to connect. And so one way to do that is through what talks about tech-free zones. And so that could be meal times or drive times or date times where you say, we're going to put the phones down. We're going to power these off during these periods of times in these situations intentionally so we can connect better with each other. I heard about one group of guys that regularly met like dinner once a week and they had this thing where they get together, they have dinner, they sit down, they'd all put their phones down in the middle and like stack them on top of each other and the first person who reached for their phone had to pay for the dinner. <laughs> Well, that's, that's smart. That's a smart way to disconnect, to, to connect. I'd, uh, yeah, that's, that's worth doing. Try that one. See, see how that goes. I'd be interested to see how that works for you. But here's some other ways to connect as well uh, on, this, on the same page. You see real connection ideas. This idea of instead of doing the normal thing, playing a board game together, cooking a meal together, playing a sport together, do a service project together. I got to do that with uh, our daughter a few months back, and it was, it was great. Now, recently, she said, hey, are we doing that again? Can we go and serve and do that again? And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where, where we're just looking for new opportunities to connect in fresh and meaningful ways. And so we disconnect to connect. So we get back to Jesus, his disciples in Mark chapter 7. And it says, so, so sometime later, they're still in Galilee. They're still in Jesus' home state. And all of a sudden, some religious leaders known as the Pharisees show up, and the Pharisees were threatened by Jesus. They, they didn't like how Jesus didn't fit in their little box for God, and so they were always coming after him, always looking for ways to debate and discredit him. And the Pharisees see Jesus' disciples, in this case, fail to do a ceremonial hand-washing before a meal, and they pounce. They get right on it. They make a big deal about it. And then it's Verse 14, Jesus responds and calls the crowd to come near. And he says, all of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not about what goes into your body, like food, that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from the heart. And Jesus was pointing out that anything dealing just exclusively with the external reality, like Old Testament laws, doesn't deal with the real problem. In verse 17, he says, Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd, and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. And he says, Don't you understand either? Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. Gross, but accurate, right? Okay. And by saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And then he added, and this is the main part we're focusing on, it is what comes from the inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these vile things come from within, and they are what defile you. 
Jesus is saying that religion only deals with external realities. What we eat, what we drink, what we do will never just by itself get to the heart of the matter within us. So if you want to make changes in dealing with technology and all of its temptations, we're going to have to deal with what goes on on the inside. We're going to have to deal with the sin from within if we want to see real change. And that's why the second healthy tech habit you need to develop is to deepen internal values. Deepen internal values. And maybe for some of us, you don't maybe come to church a whole lot. Maybe you're watching at home online. You're like, yeah, you know what? This just... I can see where this is going. I mean, you know, Christians, they're against everything. They're against those movies. They're against that group of people. Of course, they're going to be against tech, right? But folks, once again, it's not about being anti-tech. It's about being pro-wisdom. And it's about being pro-deep and meaningful relationship. That's the focus. That's the, that's the North Star that we're trying to look at and follow here today, this idea of being in deep and meaningful relationship. So isn't it true that if I'm talking to you and I get a call or I get a text and I pick up and I go to it while you're in front of me, am I communicating a message to you? I am. I'm communicating that the person on the phone in that moment is more important than the person right in front of me. And don't get me wrong, sometimes they are. <laughs> if, if, you know, we're there and I get a call from my wife, I'm sorry, I'm picking up. All right, because she's my priority or my daughter. Uh, that that's that's all right. And of course, you know, for your work and for situations, there's sometimes you gotta pick it up, right? You've gotta respond in that moment. But, folks, the problem is when we kind of get built into the habits and the rhythms of our life, where we get it every time. We have to look every time. We've got to respond every time. When we when we never kind of discern and we never say, no, 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 I'm not I'm not gonna respond. I, I don't have to respond to the text that minute. I don't have to respond to the email in that moment that we kind of start resetting the pattern and the rhythm of our lives where we're not kind of at the beck and call of these devices. People who aren't in the room matter more than those who are. It's time to make a change. And I think that in this one, I think it's important to say at a deeper level, this is why as we talk about devices, you've got to talk about pornography, right? So this is why pornography isn't just about morality, it's about reality. Not just about morality, but reality. Pornography, if you didn't know, is a multi-billion dollar industry. And I was amazed to look at that it makes more money than the three major professional sports leagues combined. Did you know that? It's just how, how huge this thing is. I think part of it is why it's grown so much, of course, is it's so acceptable. We have these things, you know, 24-7. We've got access to this stuff 24-7. And it's a problem because it's not just about morality, but reality. And as it's being viewed, it chips away at a man's or a woman's ability to have real relationship with an actual person. You begin to value fantasy in someone who's not there more than someone who is. And, and in this, it doesn't just chip away at your relationship with God. It also erodes your ability to have relationship with an actual person, to actually focus on your spouse. And the point, at some point the light bulb goes on for many people, it's, it's not when they realize that pornography is bad, it's when they realize that pornography is not real and it doesn't achieve what our hearts deeply long for. It doesn't achieve what God designed for us in the marriage relationship. 
And so relationships matter. These internal values matter because relationships would matter. Our relationship with God, a relationship with each other. So with this, again, you've got the second D here now. We've got the disconnect. Now we've got the deepen, the internal values. As you look there, you see some different ideas about how to do that, how to model values for a family. Once again, more is caught than taught. Model the kind of behavior you want. Discuss it. Use everyday situations to discuss your beliefs, to discuss your values with your family. And read it. Read scripture together as a foundation for internal values. In doing these things, we deepen internal values and real connection. Now, finally, we get a little bit further, a little bit further. Now we're in Mark 8, and it says, Sometimes later, as Jesus is continuing to go from town to town, the Pharisees show up again and start arguing with him again. Afterwards, they were out in a boat heading to their next destination, and Jesus gives his disciples a serious warning in Mark 8, 15. He says this, as they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. What was Jesus saying here? What was he saying? As in many of his teachings, Jesus used an everyday item to teach a lesson. And so he takes this example of just how a small pinch of yeast can affect the whole lump of dough. Just a tiny thing can make a difference if we are not aware, if we're not on top of things. And so what he's pointing here, the dough here is the pinch of yeast is the practice of the Pharisees, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and, and the negative uh, misuse of scripture of the Pharisees. And so he's, he's saying, watch out, beware, keep your guard against this negative influence on your lives and families and faith. And this is what we need to do the same. We need to listen to that same warning. We need to watch out and beware of the negative influence of technology in our life, the misuse of technology in our culture, our families, and our faith. And this is why the third and final way that we need to deal with uh, the use of technology, the misuse of technology, is to develop external boundaries. Develop external boundaries. So it isn't just that we disconnect to connect. It's not just that we deepen our internal values. Yes, those things, but also developing external boundaries as well. That as moms, as dads, as sons, as daughters, as grandparents, as singles, we need to establish rules and limits and times in our week that we're scheduling to, to power these devices down so we can channel our relational energy into the proper relationships. We need to find and set the right accountability strategy for ourselves and everyone in our homes. And it might mean as a parent, as a teen, as a young adult, as a single, whatever you are, putting some filters on your devices to protect yourself because it may not be a good idea to sleep next to a portal that can take you wherever you want to go at a moment's notice. That might not be wisdom. We live in a culture when you know, our, our sons and daughters get married and we buy them expensive gifts. And that, that's, that's great. We value them in, in that way. But you know what? One of the great, greatest things that you can do for your kids as you look for their growing up and getting married someday or your grandkids, one of the greatest gifts you can give them is external boundaries on how they use their devices that are in their hands or in their rooms and beginning to have some conversation and setting up some filters because the impact of that can have a huge impact on their future life and their future marriage. 
So doing this, taking the time, doing some of those painful steps is one of the greatest things you can do, one of the greatest gifts you can give your kids or your grandkids if you're involved in that way. And in our house, we have a filter that we've been using for some years called Covenant Eyes, and it's, it's a great thing that, that blocks pornography from all devices, and it's just, it's just been amazing. And so it's, it's been so, so incredible in my life, I know, and, and without, it's, with that filter, I've just had the ability to, to not experience pornography for, for some years, you know, to just have that there and not have it be an option that's going to pop up and come up. And I know that I, you know, I continue to do that and follow after that, not just because it is showing me that I, I love my wife and love my daughter, but that I love God and I love that connection. I don't want to have anything like that, again, interrupt the flow of my relationship with Jesus because I value that much. And like so many things, when you develop healthy habits in your life physically, it's always hard at the beginning, right? You're trying to exercise, oh, it's hard. You try to eat right, oh man, I missed that sugar. You know, whatever it is. But once you get past that and once you get into it, you experience the benefits of a healthy lifestyle. It's the same way in a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you push in and you start establishing those boundaries, now you don't want to go back because you don't want, you, you want to keep experiencing what you're experiencing. You want to keep that streak going because you know what you experience when you don't. And so taking a step to do this is, is a really big deal. And, and folks, I want us to understand that with tech, it's not about saying no for no sake, right? Once again, it's not being anti-tech. It's about beginning to have boundaries in place so we channel all of our attention, all of our relational energy, our limited time in the proper direction. In, say, in saying no to, to this at times, I'm, I'm saying no for a reason, for, for a purpose. I'm saying I can't respond to every email and text that comes in that moment. I've, I've made promises to my wife. I've made promises to my daughter. I've made promises to God that this time is for him and I'm not gonna go right to, to my phone to check my social feeds. I'm gonna go to my phone first thing in the morning to spend time with God. I'm gonna open it up and I'm gonna open up version and I'm gonna look at the scripture and I'm gonna spend time praying, whatever. So I, I'm, it's not about saying no to this. It's about the things that I'm saying yes to that make me say no to these other things in this moment because relationships are what matters most. Loving God and loving people is what matters most. And I think as adults, because of our sons and daughters understand these devices so much better than we do, man, I, I know it's the, felt that way for me. It's just like, man, this is, this is complicated. This is like a magic box. I don't know how this works, <laughs> you know? I don't know, how, and it seems like inherently our kids and our grandkids, they know how to use this stuff better than we, don't they? So it's a little intimidating, just like, oh, you know, in that moment, it's kind of scary, and you know, I just, sometimes we can feel tempted to just kind of like step back and kind of cross our fingers and hope it goes away and hope it works out. But folks, I, I encourage you, whatever your role is in your family and those people that, that you love and care for, I want to encourage you and urge you to lean in, to lean in with these situations, lean in with these difficulties, lean in if you're dealing with, with someone you think that is, is misusing this in some way that you can impact and make an influence in their lives and trust God to do the things that you need to do as a parent to restore external boundaries. And so here's the last thing uh, as you look at, the, uh, at this handout, this develop page. It talks about developing external boundaries. That includes 
learning more about the devices that maybe kids or family members are on or that you're on, setting rules, finding helps. Down here you see some other, some resources. I, made, I mentioned Covenant Eyes as a filter. I'm not getting any, any endorsement fee for this, by the way, so you know, so by Covenant Eyes. Um, you've got a 30-day free, free trial, I guess, there that you can do. You've got other tools that can set and monitor time limits on devices, other website resources down there. I encourage you to take this and take some time this week to spend some time maybe on your device looking up these resources and so you can develop boundaries in your life to create a, whole, a healthy relational habit. You know, as disciples of Jesus, we believe there's a moment where you stand before God, right? That's, that's what we believe. That's what we recognize is coming down the road for us. And I think for those of us who love God and doing our best to follow after him, so we're like, okay, we get it. We know we're in. We know we have a relationship with Jesus. We've been trying to follow after him. And so we know that it's based on what he did on the cross, not our living a good life to get in. And yet still there's a little bit of a part of me that just like, ah, oh, so I'm gonna appear before God. I'm gonna be evaluated I don't know what that's gonna look like. Is there gonna be like a, a screen back there? And there's like the, the scenes of my life are gonna be playing. I just like, is, is God gonna say, Rance, please explain this scene to me right here. What's going on there? Is that, is that what's gonna happen? I, I don't know, but I do know that if when it comes to my highlight reel someday, I don't want it to be full of just pictures of me doing this. That's not what I want to see. I want to see scenes of me and my family and my friends connecting with God, having deep, meaningful, beautiful moments together that glorify God and change our lives. And isn't that what each and every one of us wants? Yeah. I believe so. I believe so. And so that's why these things matter why we need to take the time to to take these steps and so i do i want to encourage you to to do that and i want to even show you a few more resources that you can do so all these pronounced and ones of last week they're all on our website want to encourage you, you can go there anytime you know oh, i've already lost that thing from last week rants it's okay you go to newlifeonline.com you go to the family ministries tab and you'll see a connected page so we've created a whole page Connected just for this series that you can go in and you can download all of the resources that we're, we're printing up in this. I want to let you know also that there's someone we're bringing in in August. August 2nd, we'll be telling you more as we get closer. We've got a, a family technology expert, uh, Katie McPherson, and I heard her about a month or two back at my daughter's school, and she is just incredible. Such amazing insights, such great ideas, such great resources. It's so much so that like afterwards, uh, after this uh, parents meeting that was full, this hall full of parents, just, just taking this stuff in, I just walked up to her, I said, hey, I'm a pastor, could you come to our church and just say exactly what you just said? <laughs> Hear this deal? And she said yes, and so we're so excited. She pre she, she's on, uh, on, been on TV and magazines, online, just amazing wealth of knowledge. We also have, as always, our home life and our faith life, faith path resources out in the lobby. So cool to so many of you uh, last week came and you kind of cleared out some of the areas out there. Uh, go check it out, look at some resources. So many dealing with so many specific situations in our lives and in our families. 
and we're, because we believe that building strong families uh, is really still has the capacity to change the world in Jesus Christ, amen? And so let's just take a moment right now and, and uh, let's, let's pray, and then I'm gonna share about a few more things here before we ultimately wrap up. Heavenly Father, we are, are just indeed grateful that God, you, you don't need technology because you have all the powers of technology and way beyond at your fingertips. And yet, God, you, at what point in history you put down everything else you were doing and you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins and to save us and to change us and to use us and to bring us into your forever family. God, we're so deeply grateful. And Lord, we don't want to let this moment go without giving those in the sound of my voice an opportunity to take that step intentionally to put our faith in Jesus Christ. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to encourage you, if, if what I'm about to say resonates and it reflects the, the desire of your heart, that you could just pray this silently after me to Jesus, to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I need you. I repent of my sins. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life and make me the kind of person you always made me to be. In Jesus' name, amen.